Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Sam and Jack back in the studio after a month, is it? Yeah, we we both left the country, went on manic tours and then came back. Not together, but in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Just happened to book it at the same time. I know, right? Look how in sync we are. We just sort of planned it without even talking to each other (laughs) and here we are back in the studio. 100%, that's a bit of chemistry for you. I know, and we both got out of Europe before the heat waves, so... Yeah, literally, I just missed it as well, which is nice, especially considering in Britain you don't want to be there when it's 40 degrees, that's for sure. Yeah, I could imagine that the British would not cope well with that. No, did we cope well with anything? Lots of angry, uptight people is what I imagine. Yeah, with their shirts off, bright pink, no sunscreen. Blinding us with their albino skins. Absolutely. We'll, I suppose we'll kick off by uh, doing a acknowledgement that we're coming from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people and of the Kulin Nation, where sovereignty was never ceded, um, and introduce the program today. Today we've got Freya, who works for Friends of the Earth, um, and she's working in gas. Uh, so we've got a bit of an interview today with Freya about the state of gas in the country, and she's going to keep us up to date with uh, Victorian gas and um, all that. So I'll patch Freya in. Excellent. There, Freya? I'm feeling so patched in this morning. How are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Freya. You are absolutely patched in. Welcome to Dirt Radio, and thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks so much, Sam, and lovely to be here. Um, Thanks for having me, Sam and Jack. No worries. Uh, Freya, if you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of your role at Friends of the Earth, and then let's just get straight into it and tell us what's happening with the inquiry into the gas terminal. Yeah, no worries. So I am the convener of the No More Gas Campaign Collective. Uh, So I'm working on a campaign to challenge the gas industry in Victoria and to really sort of um, paint the picture of a future for Victoria without gas. Um, I'm not sure if your listeners are aware, but Victoria has some of the heaviest gas use in the world. Certainly in Australia, we are the heaviest users. We use about a third of the domestic gas in the country. And that's mostly because we've you know, come from this legacy of having incredibly cheap gas in Bass Strait. Um, we just, it just made sense at the time to hook everything up, we thought. It made sense at the time to hook everything up, including our heating predominantly, certainly our cooking, our hot water to gas. Uh, but gas is a finite thing, and at some point it was going to run out, and now we are looking at... And, and you know, we haven't helped that matter by becoming one of um, the major exporters globally of gas. So uh, here we are looking at language like shortfalls and energy crisis and um, and increasingly, as we understand, the impact of gas, methane gas, on the climate. And we're seeing, you know, I mean, you were talking about 
uh, the heat waves in Europe and mm. the UK, we're seeing the consequences of catastrophic climate change already writ large. Um, so it is, it's, it's something that we need to tackle, and we need to tackle it really, really quickly because we really only have until the end of the decade to bring deep cuts to emissions. We need a 75% reduction on our 2005 um, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. So we've got to pull our finger out and, um, and really start planning for how we're going to get off gas in Victoria. I don't know about you, but there is a, a deep resentment and anger in me at uh, the Liberal Party and Conservative Party conservative politics in this country are wasting a decade you know like well oh. i mean if, if only if only they were simply squandering time but instead what they were doing was um running us in the opposite direction yeah. you know yep. they've been throwing billions of dollars at the gas industry mm. and um and i mean in the last budget we saw uh something like 11.6 billion dollars being given to that industry, it sort of amounts to $22,000 a minute. It's a mind-boggling amount of money. Yes. And um, for, a, for an industry that pays exactly zero tax, um, a little over half of the money that the federal government gave them in subsidies came back to us in royalties. I mean, it just doesn't make any economic sense. Yeah. They're, um, they're making $115 billion a year, uh, and then they're taking roughly 95% of that offshore in pure profit, and we, at at the same time, have just watched our bills climb and climb and climb. I mean, nothing about it makes sense, even if you don't consider the environment and the climate. Just on pure economic terms, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, it, it's, it's absolute rubbish, and it's... Um it's really making the divide clear. I think it was the the new elected um, president of El Salvador that recently said um, that there are those in the world that choose death and destruction and the path of fossil fuels, and then there are the rest of us that are seeking pathways for life, for centering um, abundance and for thriving communities. And I thought that was really interesting and it seems to be a general theme. I've just come back from an international meeting, so I'm all in the international headspace of solidarity. Um, but it's quite extraordinary that, you know, leaders of some of the poorest and exploited countries in the world are the ones that are actually speaking the language and putting forward the policies and the plans to uh, centre caring for people and for the planet while, you know, wealthy countries, countries like Australia and parts of Europe and obviously America uh, continue to somehow justify this um, this. Ec- economy and this uh, resource plan around death and destruction. And uh, I guess I'm really curious as to uh, whether you think that the rest of the world recognises the role that we play in exporting coal and also exporting gas. And this whole thing about a gas shortage is a bit of a furphy, isn't it? Oh, it's an absolute furphy. You know, and we've, um, we've really just sort of created a situation where uh, by... Um, <clears throat> by seeking to become sort of big players on the economic stage for energy, we have sold our own community short. But really mm. what we're doing is we're selling um, the climate short. Mm. You know, we, we hear a lot from um, certainly Murdoch media that you know, Australia are not huge climate polluters. You know, we only use 0.1%. Uh, sorry, we only emit about 0.1% of the sort of um, climate emissions 
globally, but then when we look at, we certainly are the heaviest users of um, energy or certainly the heaviest emitters per head of population globally, mm. but we also export climate change exactly. <laughs> through our gas and coal to other countries, and that is something that is under-recognised. And, you know, like people could be um, forgiven for not really having their head around it. It's a very complex industry, um, but... Uh, it's, it's well past time that we actually were called out for the role that we're playing in, in shipping climate change around the world. And, um, yeah, it's embarrassing, guys. It's, it's so, so embarrassing. embarrassing. And also we have fantastic solar resources here. We have yeah. a fantastic opportunity to demonstrate how it can be done better and to show that to the world, you know. Mm. So where, where are we at with the gas inquiry and... Um, what what do you think of the new Labor government's uh, commitments? Do you think they're enough and do you think they will continue to try and proceed with new gas projects? Yeah, so uh, very, just speaking to the Labor government's uh, recent release of the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap, you know, it's very encouraging that um, our state government is prepared to grasp the nettle and recognise that gas in Victoria is unsustainable for a range of reasons, for them to um, produce a document which looks like it's genuinely considered uh, public submissions in the writing of that document and uh, and certainly fantastic that they name fossil gas for what it is. They're not calling it natural gas anymore. They're calling it fossil gas, which yes. is um, entirely reasonable. And but natural, it does... natural gas is a bit like, you know, fair trade, isn't it? And clean coal, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely Those little children cleaning each piece of coal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just more spin from, you know, the industries that, that want to stay in business forever and want to make a dirty product mm. seem clean. But um, So great to see the Victorian government producing a gas substitution roadmap. Very disappointing to see it falling short of actually being a roadmap. You know, I, I'd describe it as too little, too late, too vague. Um, we really do need a solid plan to shut off the gas main system. We need to do that in such a way that uh, the poorer households that can't afford to do appliance switching, can't afford to... Uh, have solar panels installed, let alone batteries. They need the help to get off the gas network. We need to plan for how we are going to shut down the gas network in such a way that we don't have um, households and small businesses struggling to pay for the network because I don't know if people are aware, but when you pay your gas bill, part of that is a network charge. That's to pay for the upkeep of the network. As more and more people walk away from gas, and they are, those who can afford to do so are absolutely having the gas disconnected to their homes and mm. switching over to renewable energy. And it means that the um, particularly poorer households that can't afford to switch are left paying for the network. It's, um, it's unfair and it is absolutely something that we need to tackle. Um, so part of this nonsense that we're being sold is because we're, um, because we're selling roughly 70% of our gas to the export market, um, we're being told that we've got gas shortfalls in Australia. We don't have a gas mm. shortage problem. We have a gas export problem. A gas greed <laughs> problem. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just capitalism, you know, doing what it does best, which is, you know, lining its own pockets and doing that at the expense of, you know, ordinary people. Mm. And uh, it's not okay. But um, because Victoria has been 
so dependent on gas for so long, and we haven't really tackled that uh, at a, you know at the rate at which we should. We're now looking at how we're going to bring more supply of gas to Victoria. The gas fields in Bass Strait will run out at some point. We're recognising that they're already in decline. Mm. Um, so there's uh, the proposal is for a floating gas terminal at Corio Bay near Geelong. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong with a floating gas terminal on the ocean, could well, it? Well, no, nothing could go wrong, particularly when um, best practice, international best practice, is if you must have a floating gas terminal to have it at least 3.5 kilometres away from the nearest residence. Yeah, right, so let's just stick it in one of the biggest ports. <laughs> and that's right, and let's do that. Um, and unfortunately, you know, they've gone with, um, locating it two kilometres from residences. Oh. And in fact, um, with being serviced by tankers, that will pass within 250 metres of homes. Uh, so if something does go wrong, whether by accident or by malicious damage, mm. and things do go wrong, you know, like I don't know if you're aware, but last night there's um, I saw notice of a gas leak in Annandale. Um that closed off an entire section of that suburb. But, you know, anyone living in Victoria over the past decades will probably remember the explosion at the Longford gas plant. Yes. Uh, killed two people, injured many others, um, saw Victoria without gas for 10 days. Um, you know, just an absolute disaster. So things can go wrong with gas. And if something goes wrong with this facility, uh, there's 20,000 people living within the danger zone of an explosion of that facility. Um, I mean, and that's that's just that's a, that's just one reason why it's a bloody stupid idea and don't go ahead with it, you know. I mean, honestly, you know? I want names and numbers of the people that made this decision. <laughs> it's just like, what is wrong with them? Um, Freya, we're just going to take a quick community service announcement break. Stay on the line. We'll be sure. back very shortly to continue finding out who these people are who are making these ridiculous choices. No worries at all. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. We're uh, just going to continue the conversation with Freya about gas and the role that it plays in Victoria and Australia wide. Freya, you still there? Yep, still here. Hey, Freya. So, Freya, uh, we've got these, uh, you know, people of uh, that seem to be lacking in sound judgment or mathematical skills to work out how close people are to a potential gas explosion. Uh, so what, what, what are we doing about it? Well, one of the good things about this proposal is that it has gone to an inquiry. So there's been a, a, 
um, long-running public consultation process. It's been fantastic to see well over 2,000 submissions go in from um, private individuals, from businesses and, um, and, and, and other groups to that inquiry. And out of the, I think it's 2,186 off the top of my head, submissions that have gone in, only two local submissions have been in support of the facility, which really gives you some idea of the disruption of social licence towards this kind of mm. project. And uh, so it is a proposal by Viva Energy Australia. And just, you know, I mean, in their own words, uh, they supply a quarter of Australia's fuel requirements. They supply Shell Fuels and Liberty service stations. Um, they provide fuels, lubricants uh, for transport, mining, aviation, marine, manufacturing, defence. So they, they have quite a broad profile in Australia. And energy companies... Uh, particularly fossil energy companies, are nervous. You know, we've, we've heard them um, starting to greenwash, uh, the same to increasingly adopt greenwashing talk. They're talking about how they can buy themselves a day of execution because they know that their industry is in, a, in, is in a death spiral. They're doing what they can to stay in business. And the Viva Gas Terminal um, proposed for Geelong is another example of that. So they're talking about bringing gas down from um, the Scarborough fields owned by Woodside, which are at the moment themselves a source of great controversy. Uh, and and I think that, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're attempting to capitalise on West Coast gas prices, which are lower than the East Coast gas prices, mm. to supply this terminal in Victoria. So, wait, sorry, they're going to bring gas from WA mm. to the terminal that's, in that's, Victoria yeah, that's, because that's, that is clearly economically <laughs> not a costly exercise. Well, and, and that's, uh, I, I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's not fracked gas. Yeah. They're bringing gas into the only place in the world that has a constitutional ban on fracking. So, yeah. obviously, Victoria has said no to fracking. Mm. But how long would it be in theory, before it is fracked gas? And is Victoria prepared to say, well, we won't, we won't accept fracking for our state, but we're prepared to kick that can up the road and buy fracked gas from Queensland, from Northern Territory, from, you know, West Kimberley and WA? I mean, uh, I thought we all totally agreed that frack is whack. Exactly, exactly. I, I can't believe that it's legal anywhere, you know. It's, it's so incredibly damaging in the short and long term. So, you know, I mean, there's a number of things about this project in specific that just don't stack up. It's it's going to, you know, continue. It's going to prevent Victoria from meeting our emissions reductions targets to, you know, in an attempt to tackle dangerous climate change. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a source of pollution and, I mean, you know, that's quite locally to the marine environment just to... Uh, install the facility in the first place. They're going to be dredging up ocean floors, um, creating turbidity, stirring up heavy metal pollutants and sediments. Uh, there's a risk of chlorine leakage. You require chlorine to keep the gas cool, um, creating a toxic soup for marine species. Um, they've got the potential to impact threatened species and their, um, their own EES document doesn't acknowledge a range of endangered species like pipefish. Yes. Um, 
there's been a project recently in Cryo Bay in the last year to seed mussels and shellfish and um, they've built um, these artificial reefs to create homes for those species to um, for recreational fishing but also just for the health yeah. of the bay. And all of that will be threatened and undone potentially by this project, not to mention the light and noise pollution. It's going to run 24-7. It's going to have lights on 24-7 and the noise pollution, the impact of that on marine species, particularly cetaceans like whales and dolphins, is um, unacceptable. Yeah, I was just about to ask. uh, There's been spectacular photos this season of humpbacks and even orcas, I think. Yeah, coming, southern right whales. Yeah, yeah, like how how is this terminal, is it in a pathway of whale travel? Not in a direct pathway, but the tankers are certainly going to be travelling back to the yeah. forwards. And we know that leakage has happened. We've all seen the oil spills, you know. We, we know that accidents can happen at sea. Mm. Uh, they're more likely to happen at sea as we experience the... Um, burgeoning effects of climate change. So, I mean, there's, there's every... We, in order to supply us with a fuel that we increasingly understand that we don't need, we're locking ourselves into a potential for, uh, you know, pollution, spills, accidents, potentially explosions in a populated area. Everything about it's a nonsense. It's really just shut up and go home, Viva Gas Terminal, you're drunk, you know. <laughs> I want to see that uh, as the first protest sign. <laughs> I, I might use that as my opening line when I'm speaking to the hearings later this morning. But um, <laughs> one of the good things is that the um, Parliament of Victoria is holding an inquiry the hearings are well underway. They've been going since the end of June. We've heard from a number of different experts and stakeholders. I mean, certainly Court of Geelong has been, to use a technical term, tearing Viva a new one over their EES um, document and what it doesn't say or where it contradicts itself. Um, so it's, it's really great to see these sorts of projects getting the focus that they need, if they must be proposed, if they must be considered, at least they're being analysed from every angle and the public is having an opportunity to weigh in mm. on how <clears throat> on how we view that project. Um, I, I, you know, just having, having dipped in and out of um, people's uh, submissions to those hearings, uh, it feels like this is a project that just doesn't have the support of the community. It doesn't have an economic rationale. It's going to um, tie us into dangerous climate change. It's going to risk the lives of the community of Geelong or the wellbeing. And it's going to contribute an unacceptable um, pollution potential <clears throat> to a bay that's already had just a bit too much of that and probably could use some help to recover. So, Freya, how can people listening support the resistance to this project uh, and the local communities that are resisting this project? How can we get involved? We've got a few minutes left. Absolutely. So, I mean, always, always write to your local MP. Tell them that you want Victoria to get off gas. We have a um, on the Friends of the Earth uh, website. It's not related directly to the Viva Gas Terminal, but it's more about the broader gas industry, and that's what we need to be tackling. Uh, we have an email to the planning resources and environment ministers just calling on them to um, establish some pragmatic measures. 
for Victoria to get off gas. So if you go to uh, just Google Friends of the Earth Melbourne and no more gas, and that will take you to a page where you can send an email to your ministers. Awesome. Uh, so if people want to look that up, they can go to Melbourne uh, FO. Uh, website to uh, check out the petition that we've got going and don't forget to get in contact with your MPs. Freya, we wish you all the best uh, with your presentation later today to the inquiry uh, and we are hoping that this project does not go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, and thank you for all the work you do in the gas space to try and get us off these fossil fuel sources. It's it's my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me on the show this morning, Sam and Jack, and um, and and thanks also for your fantastic word, broadcasting the good news into the community about what people can do to save the world. Oh, thanks, Freya. You're on Dirt Radio. You've been listening to Freya Leonard, who is our Gas Collective campaign coordinator, talking about a project for offshore gas terminal uh, they want to set up in Corio Bay, which makes no sense at all. Please get on to your local MP. Uh, Jack. Sam. How are you doing? Not bad, not <laughs> bad. Um, I know that's quite quite an interesting interview, especially coming from Europe, and I'm sure you would have seen it as well, just the amount of renewable energy that's going in, I, I'm assuming yeah, in yeah. Holland it's pretty good, and then even up to, I went up to Scotland, and there's solar panels in Scotland, and you don't see many of them yeah. in Australia, and I mean... People, most people know Scotland's not the brightest place on the planet, <laughs> and, and it's just things. And people ask that about Australia when you go I overseas. Know, right? About it's they kind of say, "Oh, well, you'd be all right." The amount of sun there, and it's just like, mm. well, actually, you'd be surprised at how little we do for that. Yeah. Um, and then even further still, when you're talking about how many emissions that we give out per capita, yeah, that's fine. But it would be interesting if we could start tallying up the amount of emissions that we contribute elsewhere because it's easy enough if you kick the can yeah. and then somebody else does the emissions and you're like oh it's their problem not ours yeah it's, it's our coal it's our yeah. gas but we didn't yeah, do but it we, we didn't do it yeah we yeah. just passed it along the road but yeah. yeah i mean i really noticed that i traveled through the netherlands and through belgium while i was over there and just the side of the railway lines are just loaded with solar panels and then there's wind turbines everywhere. It's And honestly, they don't look as ugly as a coal mine or a gas terminal. No, so. and I think that that's always something that with the wind turbines that they've always pushed this narrative that they're ugly and maybe a few people are a bit sceptical about them. But if you actually speak to people, yeah. people have a great amount of pride about those things now, especially yes. if you're driving down the motorway and you see them on the hills and people are like, there's something tangible about the benefit that they're giving because it's a big thing and you can see it moving in you know so yeah it's an interesting chat and i suppose that we've got a lot of work to do you know especially for a country that um it's very hot it's only going to get hotter based on what's happening in europe so absolutely we got to get off the fossil fuel sources and that includes of course the uh sort of propaganda line around gas being a transition fuel it is not it's a fossil fuel let's get off it let's stop it we don't need it 100%. 100%. Um, so sh- I suppose to give ourselves a rest, we should probably just go out with a song today unless I you've got think- any news that's coming up with Friends of the Earth. No, look, I've only just got- gotten back, so I am uh, I am still catching up. There's so much going on. You yeah. go away for three weeks and whole new campaigns start. Absolutely. It moves fast, doesn't it? It does. Uh, well, next week, Sam, I'll see you then. Thank you. See you then.